The comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. Welcome to today. It is the fourth week and the final week that we are talking about what the Bible says about the Messiah. And uh, this is an incredible uh, thing that's going on here. It's between the dragon and the manger. And uh, Pastor Austin, he's pretty fired up about this. He, he likes this topic, so you're getting one of our best shows. So, what happens with the wilderness? Well, the Messiah, first of all, of course, is born. And the one who is not surprised is the devil. Right. The devil is ready for this to happen, and he tries to do everything he can to destroy this new child that is born. And he gets Herod all hyped up and, and uh, has him send his troops down there to try to destroy the child. Jesus is saved. Uh, Joseph and Mary go to Egypt, and Jesus is okay. But the baby boys of Bethlehem are put to death because Satan, behind Herod's actions, Satan is working to destroy the life of Jesus. Okay? But Satan's not done. He didn't get this carried out. Jesus got away. And Jesus then goes back to Nazareth and grows up. So Satan is plotting another plan. What can I do to stop him? At the age of becoming an adult, a full adult, Jesus at the age of 30 begins his ministry. Yep. And he's baptized and he is anointed for that ministry by the Holy Spirit. We know is at the baptism, the, yep. the Holy Spirit came down the form of a dove. Now he begins that ministry, and the first thing that he does is he goes out to the wilderness, and he wants to be fortified by the power of God in his life so that he can carry out what God has asked him to do, to be the Messiah, to actually fulfill the plan of salvation. So he goes out to the wilderness, and the Bible tells us about that experience. He goes out 40 days and 40 nights. And then the devil shows up in person. At, at his weakest. At his weakest point. That's 40 right. days and 40 nights, no food or fasting. He's, he's been fasting. Yeah. And, and then the devil comes in to see if he can sidetrack Jesus. And just, if, he can't, if he can't actually lay a hand on him and actually just kill him off the face of the earth, maybe he can destroy his mission, because his mission, if carried out, will be doom for Satan. So he's got he's to find a way to do this. And you know what? It didn't work to use Herod. So I'm going to come in person now. <laughs> I'm not going to allow anybody else to do this. I'm going to be there. I'm going to talk to him directly. And Satan does. And we'll read this from Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. 
Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. And he answered and said, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Now, he's the devil is throwing his best curveballs here, (laughs) right? He is trying to get Jesus to strike at one of them. He wants to ruin the mission of Jesus. Jesus comes into this world to save mankind. He makes it very clear that in order to do this, he must live in full obedience to the ways of God. You cannot admit that sin is right in in any instance. For Jesus to sin is to admit Satan was right. So he will not he will not do that. He must live uh, according to faith and trust in his father and live according to what God has told him to do. The first temptation is turning stones into bread. Okay? You're hungry? Yeah. Turn that stone into a piece of bread and eat it. You know, after 40 days and 40 nights, that's a temptation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry. I need something to eat. That is a sin of the flesh. I desire something, therefore, I should take it and eat it. Uh, In the New Testament times, they had problems like this. Paul talks about this, you know, uh, food for the stomach and the stomach for food. In other words, it's the idea that, hey, the stomach was made for food. If I want food, I should take it. And it's not just food. It's anything else that I want. If I desire something, I should just go ahead and take it, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. Now, this, Go ahead, Mac. Um, I guess I have a question. I don't mean to run down a trail here, but Jesus and Satan knew each other in heaven. Yes. And Satan wanted to be who Jesus was. Yes. And God said no, and so then he took the angels and left and created hell, or hell was already there? Well, from what the Bible teaches, Satan was Lucifer when he was first created. Right. That was his angel's name. He was an angel in heaven. He was a perfect angel. But somewhere along the line, Satan turned to sin in the direction of sin and began to separate himself from God. And there was war in heaven, like Revelation chapter 12 says, and a third of the angels followed Lucifer. And the Bible tells us he was cast to this earth. So he had the opportunity of being on this earth when, he's, when creation takes place. 
and Adam and Eve are created. That's why he tries to get them on his side. Well, and he does. And he, and he does. Yeah. He's, he is successful about that. Lucifer is a real being. You know, we all we kind of laugh off the idea of Satan or devil or demons. Oh, it's all superstition. The Bible says it's real. It says there's a real character that started out as Lucifer and now is a devil. And he's doing everything to try to destroy us. And even Jesus called him the prince of this world because he had got control over Adam and Eve and over every other human being. And, and that's, why G, that's why the plan of salvation is here. That's why the Messiah comes down to break the hold of sin on this world. I have a friend in one of my men's Bible studies, and his whole drive uh, in honoring Jesus is to defeat Satan. Yes. And I, he, he's a great guy. Because it's a real power that's out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the reason when we say we're all sinners is because we've all been tempted by Satan, and we've all given in to Satan at times. And that's why we need the, a power that's stronger than Satan, and that is Jesus. And it's illustrated so well in this story. So Satan tries to tempt him to turn stones into bread, and then he takes him up on the temple at the highest point and says, jump off. Those are sins of presumption. <laughs> presuming that God is going to take care of you by any reckless thing you do. It's the idea that, oh, that little sin doesn't matter in my life. I shouldn't have to be accountable for that. God says you are accountable for all those choices that you make. That's, there is, fortunately, there is repentance, and fortunately, there is forgiveness for those sins. But, but sin is sin. And, and sin cannot be tolerated, and, and Jesus has to stand up and do the right thing uh, and not, not give in to the temptation. And, of course, the third temptation, Satan says, listen, okay, let's just, let's just end this once and for all. If you'll just bow down to me and acknowledge my strength and my power, then I, you don't have to go through all this. You don't have to be that, that dying Messiah. You don't have to go through all the rejection that you're going to face from everyone. Just bow down to me. Jesus cannot acknowledge that because it's not true. It's wrong. Satan is not the one to follow. Sin is not right. And and, and Jesus must live according to the will of his Father, and we only worship God. Anything else we worship outside of God becomes sin. So Jesus has to win this battle. If Jesus loses this battle out in the wilderness of temptation, then the whole plan of salvation collapses. Yeah, it's gone. So he, he wins this one. And how does he win? Because every time he refers back to Scripture. This is not about me. <laughs> well, it is in some senses, it's the Messiah. But he's saying, I'm not relying on just me. I am relying on the words from God, the words that have already been given. And he quotes those words to, uh, to Satan. This is what God's will is for me. 
and I will not yield in any way. I'm going to follow God's will. And when he does that, when he follows through, then the plan of salvation is carried out and the salvation of all mankind. If Jesus had failed in some way in this plan of salvation, he could not promise us forgiveness. So the life and the death of Jesus are all important. But Satan has tried everything that he can think of as a way to turn Jesus away from this mission, to keep him uh, from providing salvation for all mankind. Well, that is the third show this week that we are answering the question, what does the Bible say about the Messiah? Tomorrow is Friday, and we're going to wrap this subject up, and I'm going to leave you with a question. Why did Satan influence the death of Jesus? If that was God's plan of salvation, would that have happened? We'll get the answer tomorrow. I'm Mac McCoy. If I haven't told you lately, thanks for listening. I love this job, and I couldn't do it without you. I also want to thank the people at DivineTruthChristian.com. That is a website that you can order something from Divine Truth anywhere in the world. And here's the neat thing. When you get ready to put that in your cart, one of the people at Divine Truth will talk to you. You'll actually talk to a live person. Oh, yeah. Divine Truth Christian Store, where you'll find more.